1: this is the fly moto 60 show
0: presented by Maxis
1: tires pro taper and get data
0: on pulpmx.com taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host steve Mattis.
2: yeah welcome everybody to fly racing moto 60 show we are live uh 702-586 pulp give us a call it is 11 a.m. June 30th, Thursday. Red Bud coming up, round six of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships uh, coming up this weekend, and we got lots to talk about when it comes to this race. Michael Antonovich, Jason Thomas will join us. I want to thank the folks at Get Pro Taper, FMF Vision, Maxis, Plum Creek Funding all on board with us, as are you. Thanks to the folks at Fly Racing. Get it at motorsport.com. Get it at your local dealer. Uh, go to flyracing.com. Check out the Formula Helmet. Check out the 2022 Kinetic Mesh. Love this stuff and uh, doing really, really well, I hear. Uh, good colors, uh, lots of sizes available. And, uh, yeah, it's lightweight, and it's super, super vented. Fits great as well. Thank you to the folks at Fly Racing. Formula Helmet, if you're in the market for a helmet for yourself or uh, your wife, your kid, whatever it is, Please do yourself a favor and go to the uh, flyracing.com website and read up on the Formula Helmet and the technology behind it, whether it's the Conehead EPS, whether it is the Rion technology. It's really something else, man, with the Formula Helmet. The guys at Fly Racing have put a lot of work into it, and they've done a good job. And uh, thanks to the guys at Fly Racing for coming on this show. Thank you to the folks at FMF Vision as well. When you think of FMF, I know you think of the pipes, and you think of horsepower, and you think of all that. But it's time to start thinking about goggles. They're born from a desire to outperform and go faster. And they now offer a full range of performance goggles, goggles, accessories, and sunglasses. Welcome to the Power of Sight. Give them a follow at FMF Vision. Dean Wilson running these goggles. He'll be back soon uh zach osborne fmf rider as well kyle peters and the crew over there running fmf uh, goggles so it's the uh privateer proven they got a program there where they're rewarding privateers uh with cash and uh and they gotta also they get to be engaged on fmf's marketing platform as well and visit fmfracing.com to learn more about that if you're a privateer you can uh, get some exposure by running fmf vision Thank you to the folks at Maxis, Maxis Tires, uh, MXSTs developed by Jeremy McGrath and uh, used by A Ray and Cade and more. And uh, light truck tires, trailer tires, mountain bike tires, great mountain bike tires as well. Maxis.com for more information on that. They support a lot of things on the pulp universe. And so we support those guys. Maxis.com, if you haven't thought about them, check them out uh, and read about the tires, read about everything that's going on. At Maxis.com. Uh, taking your calls, holding things down over there. He is back from a one week uh, off vacation. V, Tits Legendary Tits, what's up? Rested, rejuvenated, and ready for more. And Ryan Dungey. Yeah. Coming on strong here. Mm. Right? I like his odds. Yeah. Yep. He uh, got. He had a podium robbed from him with uh, when his teammate goes out with that ankle injury. Freaking guy, man, I yeah. tell you what. He had it. He'll get it. Okay, so I think it so. It comes. You look at these next few tracks when it comes to Ryan Dungey. You look at uh Red Bud and Southwick and Millville and they're all it's right got up to written all over it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, let's get our first guest up if we can. We are gonna give away some uh fly racing zone pro goggles today on the show, as well as some FMF goggles, of course, uh from the uh from the folks at FMF. So we got a lot going on. Seven oh two five eight six seven eight five seven. If uh you want to give us a call and uh and talk to um, Talk some Moto. Talk some uh, Red Bud, man. Um, should be fun to do. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. 14 points. Uh, Chase Sexton is up on uh, Eli Tomac, uh, and we're halfway as well. So uh, that should be interesting to see how that goes. And uh, the other news today, Ken Roxon, World Supercross. We're going to touch on that as well. Uh, so we will touch on that. Um, and Motocross Nations, That talk is ramping up, so uh, we'll talk to our guests about that and more. 702-586-7857. Let's talk some Red Bud. First up from Swap Moto Live, it is Michael Antonovich. What's up, Anton? How are you? What's going on, boys? How are you? How's things at Swap Moto Live? It's going. Yeah? It's going, huh? Uh, Hey, I hear myself back. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Uh, We can try to uh, fix that if we can. Um, uh, Hold on.
3: Let me see.
0: It is it still happen? Yeah, it's still happening.
2: For anyone who doesn't know, Mr. Mathis got a new desk, and he's, he's how's that? Is that pains. better, Anton? Anton, you there? Any better? All right, any better, Anton? Any Probably better? Good. Oh, is that okay? Uh, no, it's still there. What about now? How's that? Any better?
0: Uh, yeah, no, nope, still there. <laughs>
2: All right, we'll give you we'll give you a call back on uh, on something else here. All right?
3: Okay, no worries. All right,
2: sounds good. Uh, Michael Antonovich, we're going to give him a shout back here. Technical problems, I blame Tits legendary. Fly racing, by the way, Moto sixty show. Great radio. Should have given us your thoughts on Ryan Dungey.
3: All right, is that better?
2: Yeah. Hey, Anton, you back? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah.
3: Okay. Cool. How is it today? Hey. Hey man, first timers. We all make mistakes.
2: Yeah, you know, you know just starting. To, just starting to stream and stuff. Just trying to figure yeah, it out, right? Yeah, you know, first timers here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, let's get uh, let's get into this. So we're halfway done here. After this round, uh, it seems like Sexton, and Tomac are breaking away. Roxins had a bad high point. Moto one. Anderson's made some mistakes. It seems like we're starting to see a bit of a break. Anything can happen, but right.
3: Yeah, I think so, too, and uh, I think Ken and Chase have both even – or Eli and Chase have both even said these next four are the ones that really count because they're the four pretty much marquee tracks of the series, Redbud, Southwick, Millville, Washugal. and getting through these with all the points that you need so that you can kind of go in maintenance mode for those last four is going to be important, and I think, yeah, Chase has got just such a tremendous lead, and Eli is – multi-time champion i mean he's the outdoor guy so i think it is going to break down to those two guys as this thing plugs forward
2: uh yeah i think um like look anything can happen right but we did wonder about jason anderson's mistakes and some of that is coming through we did wonder about kenny being able to keep it up uh be consistent that's kind of coming through you don't want to make any assumptions going forward like you said but um you know we were wondering about sexton and mistakes so far None really, um, so yeah, we're kind of seeing things play out a little bit like we thought,
3: yeah. And I think you know, the Jason stuff, it's kind of hard to go from never winning an overall to instant title contender that first year, you know. So, and even though Jason's so established and has been around forever, I still think that that's a pretty big jump for him, no matter how comfortable he is. It's a long summer, there's so much 24 races, there's so much that could happen. And for Ken, I think it was still. As much as he's, you know, I'm here, I'm back, I'm confident, I'm ready to go, I'm committed to this, it's still going to take some time to get right to where that edge is. And and what he said to us so many times, when the bike's not there 100%, and he's not there 100%, well, dude, you kind of can't have those happen, especially if Ken and Chase, or if Eli and Chase are on those days, you know. So yeah. it, is, it is already going that way.
2: No, it is. I've been impressed with Chase Sexton's uh, consistency here.
3: Yeah, and I think, you know, Thunder Valley Mulligan aside, it's going really, really well. I think it's pretty impressive um, and on, on pace with where we thought he would be at this point in his career, I think, after after seeing how good he's been on the big bike.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I think it's been remarkable. Uh, Redbud, I can't – I mean, they're all good at Redbud, right? Maybe not Anderson because he hasn't ridden that much and he hasn't won that much, but – the other three guys, I can't think of somebody who's extra special at Red Bud. Uh, it's a great track, right? It's 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 um really, really well done. They they're all gonna be good at Red Bud. Yeah,
3: and they and they've all had, you know, as good as they can be there, they've all had issues there too. You know, think of the times that EOI had a bike issue or that Ken's had issues. Maybe the Chase has had something, you know, just because it's like the ultimate track doesn't mean it's the ultimate day for everyone. So this could be a big test. Of how this goes you know 85 on saturday is the expected temperature they always do a great job of prepping that track so it's going to be a real real test of a guy's stamina their machine everything this weekend they're going to be encouraged to go out all out like they haven't been yet this year
2: yeah you think about the next tracks this one right um uh tough southwick we all know what that can do millville is going to be hot and humid right all three of these next three weeks are going to be, you know, a looser, sandier, and a real tough stretch for these guys.
3: Mm-hmm. And then you finish it off with the slick shadows of Washougal, and it's like, wow, here you go. You know, this is the ultimate challenge for these guys. How good do you have your bike set up for these East Coast conditions? And then right when you think you got it figured out, let's throw the variable of Washington State in there for you.
2: Yeah, yeah, really right. That one is such a weird one. It's so different for these guys. They They struggle with it, you know.
3: Yeah, and I mean, I see how, because having raced that track before, it's a challenge, you know. It, it really is where you think stuff is going to be, how traction is, lines, how much your eyes have to adapt to the shadows. And after you've spent so many weeks and so many months racing on soft conditions, practicing on soft conditions, and you're right back to dry select card pack.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's uh 586 7857 702-586-PULP. Jake, what's going on, man? What's your question?
0: Hey, Steve, so if if I can make sense of this, um, as far as the field, you know, you see how we don't really have as many people, I guess, like your privateers that kind of explode and, oh, he got a top eight and now he's talking to teams, et cetera. Um,
2: Do you think that's because of all the training facilities? You mean like like private facility babies? Privateer success, you mean, or? What do you mean? Well, I mean, not,
0: I mean, obviously some of the privateers are riding great, but you don't see them like – I mean, a lot of them, you don't even see them breaking the top ten. Like, you kind of know going into the season these guys are going to be top ten because they all went to facilities, they're all pros, they've all trained. Like, the other guys don't have that. Uh,
2: yeah, good question. Um, I do think that when it comes to training facilities – and I don't think you can hear Jake, Anton, but the training, I can't. the training facilities – have definitely it's a question about training facilities, and they have affected the the class. I think uh, you look back in the day, Jake. Like RC and Chad had their compounds, right? Stu had one. It wasn't widely done, and now you have all these guys going to these facilities, and they're all you know doing the motos. They're all doing the bicycle work. So yeah, I think you're right in effect that training facilities have have closed things up. There's no secrets anymore, right? There's no what's this guy doing or what's going on? What's his program or whatever. Thanks to Baker and all the different riders he's had. And you have amateur programs and you have amateur facilities and everybody's kind of knows the information is out there. So, um, yeah, Jake, I would agree that the facilities have, have made it tighter. And if you're a dude, just kind of going on his own and, and privateering it and finding a local track, then you are at a disadvantage. Uh, I, I would agree. Right. With that. I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely something that's affected the sport. Uh, thanks for the call, man. I,
0: say, yeah. um, you know, I was going to gonna say, you were talking to, about... To go
3: on with that, too. Oh. The thing that I hear so many guys, especially dudes that have spent time in California, say is that when they go back east to Georgia or Florida or the Carolinas, the time that they spend in the car uh, is so cut down. The time they spend in traffic, all these things, all of the distractions are gone for you to really hone in on what you got to do. There is no... I can go off and do this or my day is going to get eaten up because something happened on the 15 freeway. And I think it really allows them to stay dedicated into it. You know, there is a good and bad with that because when you have no chance to turn off, it has led to the burnout issues. We're kind of seeing some dudes go through here and there, but if it gets you results, it's worthwhile.
2: Yeah. These facilities, I mean, all these guys are riding together now, right? There's packs of guys riding together. There's nobody doing it on their own and coming out. um, You know, Tomac, I guess still does, but but most of these guys, you know, they're all riding. They're all doing the bicycles. They're all, yeah. It's so it's it's tightened up the field. There's no there's no massive gap between first and twelfth.
3: No, and like you said, everybody knows what everybody's doing, and there's no there's no questioning it. There's no whatever. You know that it works. And and what Ricky's big advantage was, and Mike Browning even has said this on your re-raceables podcast. No one knew what Ricky was doing at the time. Like it was. Mike knew what was going on, but to approach, you know, you, you were doing bicycle work, and you were doing gym work some days, and then you'd go ride other days. But to do all of it in one day was really what has set it apart now.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you look at these amateurs, and they're, they're doing the same thing, right? Um, yep. Speaking of that, uh, D. Francesco makes his pro debut this weekend. Um, it's kind of up in the air as to whether he's going back to Loretta's or not. Um, <laughs> What do you hear? Do you hear anything? Like I hear, like, hey, if it's going really well, he's staying. If not, he's he's after he before he gets forty points, he's going to do Loretta's. What what do you know?
3: Uh, I've heard both. I've heard it can go, you know, the same. If it's going really really good, why not keep him on? Because you know what's there to accomplish at Loretta's this year? Because he's already done it all. Um, but that would also be a pretty big knock because from what it's kind of looking like, the, the talent level at Loretta's, particularly in the A-class this year, is down with Romano, LeBlanc, and then potentially him now being out. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a different year down there for sure. A lot of attention, and it's been going this way for a bit, but a lot of B-class hype now.
2: Yeah, I feel like um, you, that's, that's been a few years now where B B is the new A. really taken yeah. over.
3: Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, this year, I think more than ever in recent years because we've had – If you look back to, like, 19, you know, there was Jet and Jalik that were going to go pro. And then 20, you have guys that are down there. uh, Who was it? Style? I can't remember who was 20. But then last year there was Levi. There's always some dudes in A-class that you're waiting on the cusp. But now that more dudes are making use of this AMA pro rule, we'll see what it does from here on out.
2: Um, I talked to an OEM guy um, this week, and he was telling me, you know what, like, I think these teams are realizing that like, wow, you got a Loretta's title. Big deal. Like, where they used to be six years ago, it was just – that was it. It was valued more than anything, and and that – you know, we're going to pay you all this money on all these amateur titles. And now, with some of these kids not making it and some of this money being wasted um, by these OEMs, they're saying, you know what? And, I, again, this could just be, you know, the, the the pendulum swinging all the other way and not really mean anything. But I talked to an OEM guy that's like, you know what? Honestly – Loretta's is not the four strokes have outgrown Loretta's it, it is tough it is a 20-minute moto it is hot that's great but you know what also is great riding a full-blown national track for for 30 minutes and seeing how the kid can do um mm-hmm. so we're seeing some of that a little bit
3: yeah and things like the moto combine which will start this weekend at red mm-hmm. bud which we saw two of last year that's just kind of go push things that way, and I think more, more people are really taking note of the EMX championship over there. You know, There's a lot of stuff in the MXGP world right now that people are critical of, but the EMX thing does seem to be one detail that they've not uh, faltered with too badly. And if we could replicate that same thing here, get these guys, especially these younger guys, to race more and race on the tracks that they're going to go to. Why not? You know, the Seth Hamaker thing of him growing up in Pennsylvania, but never really racing high point. The fact that that was a big case at him winning, you know, the races a couple weeks ago, that that would never happen. I don't think anywhere else. MotoGP guys have ridden Catalonia and most of these tracks so many times. Same thing for F1 dudes, you know, because that's where your development series stuff goes is those same tracks to incorporate that into the same weekend really would push all of our sport and the progress of everybody up to the next level, and that would be a much more useful effort than, hey, I'm going to go live at this training facility 52 weeks of the year and then race for five weeks.
2: Yeah, the I, I get when MX Sports says, "Hey, man, uh, we get that you guys like the EMX program and you'd like us to do it, and we're trying these combines, combines." But MX Sports, in, you know, is saying like we can't fit everything in a day, like the, we can't we can't do everything in one day. We're trying to get a one day format here. We can put the combines on Friday. There is one, I think, tomorrow, one motor f- tomorrow and the one moto on Saturday, I believe, for this combine. And that's the way it's going to have to go. The teams are going to have to go in early to watch this stuff.
3: Yeah, and then it also does kind of go against the amateur day motocross that the promoter is responsible for, too. So there is a big give and take that behind the scenes there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of yellow tape that would have to be sorted out.
2: Yeah, 702586 pulp. We still got some lines open. Michael Antonovich here from Swap Moto Live, uh talking uh Red Bud and more. By the way, nothing uh I think is dumber than just screaming Red Bud into the mic over and over. Like we Amen, I'm doing. glad
3: you said it first and not me. I just I just
2: don't understand this. I just don't get it. I just I, I don't understand why is this why is this interesting or exciting at all to scream Red Bud into the mic? Right. Yeah. yeah,
3: dude, my ears at the end of the day, just from that, like literally do hurt a bit yeah. just from the constant barrage of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Ryder D, Francesco, um, Romano LeBlanc, we've been seeing them run up front a little bit. But you look at the results and it's uh, basically nine to 12 every weekend. Uh, is Ryder D better than those dudes? Uh, is he around those guys? What do you think?
3: Probably around those guys. Um, you know, with here's the thing. If we expect the sport to keep progressing and guys are getting better and everything else is going on, you can't expect a 16 year old kid that's been racing amateur races to come in and just dominate the same way that they used to. You know, if the guys that are right now are so good, it shouldn't be so easy for a teenager to come in and like ruffle the racing order that much. And I think that's a good thing is that you see these dudes have to take a little bit longer. Uh, Could Ryder D really be that little prospect that we've been wondering about since he was nine years old on a KX65? Like, who knows at this point? I think to go up in best Jet and Hunter and Justin Cooper and Joe Shimoda and Michael Moseman, that's a big ask right now for anybody.
2: Yeah. And after those guys, you're kind of, it's, it is like, it's a kitchen hammocker, you know, Styles Robertson group of people, right? That's what mm-hmm. it seems like. It- Dudes that are
3: very, very fast and are established and have had already the hard knocks and the bumps and the bruises and the successes along the way that this other kid might not like. Hey, you could run fast for 15 minutes, but it's the back half of the 15 minutes that you really got to be there for.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it it'll be it'll be tough to to see these kids do that right away, but if anybody can, like I feel and Anton I'm, I don't, you know, you're not a, a moto, amateur motocross guru. You probably follow it better than I do. I feel like Ryder D is the next one though. Like he is there he's better than Romano and LeBlanc or am I am um, I wrong there?
3: I don't know because I never really got the chance to see them go head to head as much as I thought they would. The good thing for him is he's avoided any kind of like injury or big setback or anything in the last little bit. He's had stuff, you know, he Mm -hmm. he did get seriously hurt last year, but it's not been this constant string of injuries that has kept him off the bike for like huge periods of time. And also, you know, another thing that we never really point out is just how gradually these kids grow. He's, filled out he's not like waiting for that next big growth Mm spring he should be fine on a 250f it's not like it's adam making his pro debut
2: do we think we see jet reynolds back this weekend that's what i heard right i I don't know i heard that too but i don't know didn't know if it was for sure uh carson mumford will be back this weekend as well rm army so you know we'll have some guys in, in the mix
3: yeah, it'll be good. And this is, you know, going to be an interesting time of year. And everybody, as we all know, comes into Red Bud so hyped up, thinking that, like, that's their weekend that they're going to That's gonna my make track. Great, it's my track. Right, oh, right, I got to yeah. do it here. Yeah.
2: I will say RJ's really good there, and he's had some tough luck, but he had a week off from uh, getting impaled. Uh, you know, th- uh, High Point was just back on the bike, so he had a week off after that. Uh, RJ's really good at Red Bud. Could, could see RJ Hampshire be in the mix.
3: Yeah, and wouldn't that just be the perfect little. Um, blow up to the summer that we've seen so far like just when you think everything's like pretty predictable here comes rj to make it interesting and two sand races pretty three sand races really back to back to back
2: yep uh justin cooper has not been as good uh moments here and there uh terrible paula uh good Hangtown. terrible first moto at high point good second moto been up and down he's coming back from injury um not as consistent though anton uh to challenge the lawrence brothers
3: yeah and a lot of other stuff too you know michael Lindsay talked about it on your show but just the bike setup changes that they're going through yeah the, uh, which which all of that I, which
2: stuff. i don't get by the way like just look justin we know you're not feeling it and we get it but here's your bike from last summer and maybe we'll soften it up because you're not quite as good but we're sticking to this but instead they're throwing stock clamps at it stock wheels on it you know what i mean like i don't i don't know if i'm fully there i can't believe they're doing it's that
3: not much. Just him though. It's not just him, though, because there are other parts that have trickled to other bikes in the pits. Not as full bore as his, but other stuff has gotten over there. So it's kind of interesting to see how that goes. Um, But I agree with you. It's been weird to see hot and cold, hot and cold like that, because when he's on, he's very good. Yeah, you're talking
2: about one of of the guys. Right, whether it's consistent motos, podiums, maybe not the wins, or consistent uh, qualifying times, Justin Cooper is the epitome of consistency.
3: Yeah, generally good starter, yep yep yep
2: um hey switching back to 450s max anstey firepower honda guys marty team manager we saw this team in soupy uh anstey's gonna do i think the next couple right um where are you at with this
3: i think it's good you know i think it's the start of max's next chapter you know there's there's a lot of stuff that he needs to get sorted out to make the most of this day and it seems like The deal that your Reeves team is going to allow him to do is kind of the best of both worlds. You know, he moved back to the East Coast. He likes it down in Florida. He's around some guys that are going to let him do what he needs to do. And the talking point that he kept bringing up to me when the team folded or when he left, you know, Butler Brothers team this year was I still have 250 eligibility. And it seems like that might be something where he's interested in next year. Mm, So for him to kind of go these ways is pretty good. Uh, Nice pickup for your Reeves right now because that's another big marquee guy you know you has got a history of getting good support and good top name riders to come in and, and ride his bikes and i think this will be a nice you know test of the waters for outdoor in them
2: and we think that uh dino will be joining them right sounds like
3: yeah I, I, that's what i keep hearing too for next
2: year yeah yeah uh we got the mic on one mike you want to talk about mav tv yeah
0: i just i just more or less have a question on a page for the yearly subscription. Not going to talk and bitch about the money, but but what happened here?
2: Well, uh, my, I mean, what happened is the MAV TV guys obviously weren't ready for the demand of the motocross fans, right? For their app and their streaming. So they said, "Oh, you know what? Instead of trying to fix this thing and try, you know and trying to redo it and build a whole new app, they partnered with the Flow guys, which." I don't know, Anton, uh, are you a flow guy? Because I know it's some of the sprint stuff that you're into. Have you ever?
3: Yeah, I've watched it. Yeah, It's good. It's really good. Yeah. Um, And they've got some moto stuff that's out there, too. They've done some arena cross series and stuff like that. So it's not like they're completely foreign to it. Uh, And it's the same production crew. So whatever you've seen as far as TV angles and how the thing's called and put together, that's all going to be the same. But, yeah, flow is good. Flow is good. And the other thing, too, they're – I know that so many people think of it as just a racing channel because that's what it got started in, mm-hmm. but they're trying to be like an online ESPN in a way. They do have a lot of other collegiate sports and stuff like that on it.
2: Uh, so, Mike, yeah, that it's been a bit of a mess, right? Uh, but Flow, yes. you know, Flow seems to have a, a background in it and know what they're doing. So,
0: so is Map TV still going to have their like dirt car racing and their car racing? Yeah, just getting rid of the MX. Uh, no, all of the.
2: The Mav TV right. ch- TV channel will be the same, right? They're going to carry their racing and everything else, right? Okay. Uh, but the, the app stuff will all be on flow. All the truck racing, the sprint stuff, everything will be on flow from Mav TV. Anything that was on Mav TV plus app will be on flow, but Mav TV on your TV channel will keep having its stuff on there. Okay, you know what I mean.
0: It's so, tough for an old guy to keep up with all this uh, no, uh, high tech stuff, dude.
2: I know. I, I you know what I get it. Like I mean, I went on there today, too, to switch, and I was a little confused because uh, of what I um, had paid for and what I wanted. So, um, yeah, it, it was weird. I, I'm not gonna. Yeah, Mike, I'm not gonna uh, not gonna lie on that one. So um, it is. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, Michael Antonovich here on the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show uh, Swap Moto Live as well. Thanks to the folks at ProTaper, uh, Star Racing Yamaha using ProTaper handlebars, Rockstar Energy Husqvarna using ProTaper products, head to toe. They got the new ACF bar uh, going on. And, uh, yeah, ProTaper.com, man. They're going to sell a starting device, lots of bends, lots of handlebars, lots of things um, to to try with the folks at the uh, ProTaper.com. Anton, um, before we let you go here, uh, Redbud, of course, coming up. Uh, Ken Rockson, the World Supercross, uh, announced today. I want to get your take on this. We'll also ask JT. Um, so I talked to somebody close to Honda guys. They have not committed to supporting him for this. The press release says that Ken Roxon will find one of the eligible teams to race with. Um, so who knows what brand I, I think it'll be Honda. I think everything that worked out, but you don't know. Uh, he's going to do the three round series and then, uh, really good get for the world supercross guys, Anton.
3: Oh, huge. I mean, and we've kind of, you and I think even on a, a recent show had indicated once they make get a major, major pickup like this. Uh, Other things will start to follow. This has been a big week for Supercross-only deals, and Ken's commitment to this deal shows A, how big World Supercross is willing to go to get somebody. Uh, B, that it's not just going to be the Lawrence brothers, like the Australian connection that so many people uh, immediately assumed. And uh, I think it's going to kind of force the hands of the factory to see, like, okay, how how much... do we got to support this now? How much do we have to watch this? Where's it going to go from here? And then in year two or three or five, when do we make our real inclusion into it? If it ever gets to that point, you know, I put a tweet out today that indicated that, but then also, as you guys have talked about on your shows too, there's a lot of stuff in the background right now where everybody's making their bid for what's going to happen in this next future of the sport. And Kenny getting signed by those guys is a big, indicator by the world supercross people that they're ready to be here for the long haul
2: but hold on here you think the world the way you're talking is the world supercross guys are paying ken to do their series do you think that's something that's happening
3: um i can't say for sure because nobody has told me that right like at the same time would you not think that that would be what would happen because as we've talked about with the live golf thing like they'll find a place to put you you know what i mean and i think that when these thing. things kind of happen. It, it's going to go that way. For Ken, this is a good business decision. If that is what happened, and again, I, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't think it way.
2: would, Anton. To be honest, in my opinion, don't? I don't think they would write him a check. Maybe though. I guess now that I, the more I think about it, maybe they did. Because what if they write him a check? This now opens a whole thing for a lot of riders, right, um, to get paid by these series, um, mm-hmm. and and now. Yeah. I mean, which I guess, OK, sure. But now who, where does it stop? Who, who gets paid? Who doesn't? Um, you know, you still have purse money to get paid and and teams have yeah. to pay you bonuses and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, um, maybe And if, if
3: yeah. I opened up a big can of worms with what I said there, like, again, this is all uh, oh, a hypothetical can. question, you yeah. know, because if you see what happens in other sports, as we've drawn so many comparisons to the live golf thing, that is that series making sure that those guys come here. And I oh, understand yeah, that we're sure. in a different deal, but still, writers are independent contractors at the end of the day. Yep. The teams that they sign to are as an independent contractor. Ken is an independent contractor and a businessman. If this is what's going to set him up to be in a good spot for this second or third act, whatever you want to call it, of his career where he's now super rejuvenated and ready to make a big run at it. I, I couldn't I mean, put it I couldn't see it not happening I, really, I, I you know.
2: guess like they have a lot of money, but if they're gonna start paying riders uh you know, to show up at their series, that is going to increase their costs a ton and there is a ton of money behind this, so maybe they don't maybe they're degaff about it, but um yeah, I don't know, man. If I guess if I'm full a,
0: disclosure,
3: yeah. Know. Full disclosure no one from world supercross kins team or anybody has told me that so like i really just have to state that so i don't like an angry phone call no but that's what you think that's what you think yeah yeah that is what happens in these kinds of things you know if there is something it might not even be money it could be equity it could be an agreement it could be anything you know it doesn't have to just be a straight financial thing to be like hey man this is pretty enticing what you want to get in on this
2: Hey, and it could be just PR speak, but in that PR, he does say he's gearing up for motocross too 2023 supercross yep. and motocross.
3: Which was a big thing that I noticed too. Like, right. who, like that could go a million different ways, especially as we all, next summer's win, it's supposed to go head to head. Well,
2: we all think Jet's going to be 450 motocross next year, right? And that's sort of what yep. we're. So we're all doing the math and being like, well, Kenny must be supercross only. That makes sense. He's at the near the end of his career. You know, it, it totally makes sense. It plays along with everything. But, um, Maybe Kenny's got plans to do moto in 2023. So yeah. All right, Anton. Uh, before I let you go, give me your winners for Redbud. Um. Both classes, please.
3: I mean, do we just stick with what we've been saying, and I it's think, just Jet and Eli?
2: I think we do. Yeah, I think we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool.
3: All right, uh, Yeah, I'm excited to yeah. hear what JT has to say about the World Supercross thing, too, because he's going to have such a different thing. So I'm excited to hear the second act.
2: All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Thank cool. you. Thanks, guys. All right. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, 702 five eight six seven eight five seven. we got some goggles to give away from the folks at Fly Racing and FMF as well. Uh, speaking of Fly Racing, it's Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? How are you? What's happening? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm good, man. You're, you're back home? Uh, I just got back to Boise, yeah. Okay. So... um Going to be hot this weekend, Anton said. I don't know if you checked the weather. I was going to give you a heads up. Yeah,
1: it's going to be warm. The Midwest has been kind of in a heat wave. So, and also have a really bad echo on the line right
2: now. Oh okay. yeah. Okay. All right. Let's. Uh, we'll call you back here in a second. All right. All right. All right. Let's get to. Uh, let's get to Walker on one. Walker, what's up, man? How are you?
0: I'm doing good.
2: Too. I'm good, man. Do you? Uh, do you have an echo on your line?
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. It is a.
2: All right, what's uh, what's your rant?
0: All right, so uh, my rant right now is mx sports wants so much money to do a race, right, from these riders, right? I mean, it costs a lot of money, especially for us private kids, okay? And we show up, you got to wait, like, three or four hours in parking to get into, like, a high point. It was ridiculous. And then you show up, and these tracks are just absolute shit. I mean, sawdust and mulch and, like, I mean, there comes a point where it's like, why are, why are these volunteers even spending the money to go continue to do this? And it's just like a shit show. Like, MX Sports is going to charge you if you're sitting in line breeding. One of their races.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Like, uh, yeah, you know what? There's, there's, there's record guys, not record guys, every time, every national this far, so far this year has had tons of signups, right? Mm-hmm. So people are signing up. Like, people are doing this. Uh, I get your rant. I understand it. Um, but people are signing up, you know? Yeah,
0: and it, and it's crazy. I mean, like, I mean, I know there's a lot of people getting in, but hell, how the privateers getting park in parking the pro pits at High Point? I thought they fixed those
2: pro pits a little bit to make them a little fit a little better. But, man, look, the the demand is there, dude. I get it. The purse money's not great, and the, the, the parking isn't great and all of that, but, dude, the, the riders are still signing up. Yeah, great. You know?
0: Also, uh, one more rant. Yep. Steve, I know you like United Airlines. Yep. Or that's that's what I've heard you say on the record, but United lost my bags twice and canceled three of my flights for high point. So fuck United Airlines.
2: Well, uh, yeah, dude, the, all the airlines are not doing well right now. They are canceling flights. They can't handle this this uh, surge because they canceled. They cut back for the pandemic. They're all. It seems like all of them have a bit of a shit show going
0: on. You're right. Walker, yeah. You, so you think Racer X will hire me since now Jamie's the vital Jamie
2: yeah yeah absolutely yeah i think you're in you're in okay. thanks man yeah, appreciate it <laughs> thanks very much yeah vital jamie in the mix um let's uh let's get try jt back on one if we can uh tits and uh see if this works a little better we'll we'll, we'll get to um the technologically uh technology technology um fixed here jason what's up man hey can you hear me yeah what's happening
0: yeah um did you see the uh, hold on You guys.
2: There. Oh can yeah. you hear me? Yeah, you're back. What's up? Okay. Did you see the list that Denny Stevenson posted? Uh nope. I did not. Okay, so it's
1: a top ten of all four fifty riders right now. Okay. He puts Tim Geyser in first because he hasn't been contested all year.
2: But yeah. there's no one fast over there right now. It's just a list of like what what is this a list of? Just riders
1: It's got so Geyser in first, Sexton in second, Eli in third and Roxon and Fork of like all-time 450 this year.
2: Um okay, I mean whatever. I don't agree with that because with no hurlings and no febra, no no healthy febra, Geyser hasn't been pushed. I'm not sure no. I'm not sure we can put him number 1, but I'm not going to lose any sleep on this on this list of Denny's. You know. So
1: where would you put Geyser if he came over here?
2: Uh well, the tracks are so different and everything else, but Geyser's Geyser's right in the mix, I think. He's right in the mix a to win. I
1: had a Curly.
2: I would, yes, he's better than Coroli. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just thought that was ridiculous to put him in first overall. Yeah,
2: I mean, honestly, I didn't see it. I'll I'll have to concede to Denny. But, uh, uh, hey, you want to win some goggles? Absolutely. All right, I'm going to put you on hold. We'll get your information, all right? And you can uh, win some goggles here. You could pick Fly Racing Zone Pros or the FMF, all right? Perfect. Thank all you. Right, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, let's get to JT. JT, is that any better? How's that? Uh, yes,
1: I, I think uh – I'm still echoing on my
2: side. All right. Let me uh, call you right back on the uh, FaceTime. All right. Thanks. Huh. Oh, boy. Here we go. I blame Tits, honestly. He was gone a week, and uh, it's his issues. And uh, yeah, I blame Tits. All right. Here we go. 702 586 7857 Fly oh. Race and Moto 60 Show. Hi, JT. Hi. Okay. Um, I, let's start with the World Supercar stuff because we just left off with that with Anton uh, on yeah. the show. Yeah. Big news. Um, you know, Anton seemed to think that maybe the series reached out and paid Ken. Uh, no, no, he didn't hear that at all, but that's the theory he has. And I'm like, okay, maybe they did, but that's a real slippery slope for paying everybody. You know, does, does, does all the guys get paid and how much and all of that. And the teams get paid, but, uh, what's your thoughts initially on rocks and committing to this uh, series this fall?
1: Well, uh, it's a little bit surprising to me. Um, I'm, uh, I'm curious to know all kind of all the politics that are going on behind the scenes, because I have to think everybody is calling Honda and calling every OEM and there's so much political leaning going on and leveraging. And I just imagine that's what's happening behind the scenes nonstop right now. Um, you know, as for if they, I, I would, I would agree they probably had to compensate Kenny to go somehow. Um, but I don't necessarily think that it creates problems because that's just the way the world works. Like those guys are going to get more offers and, and a better package than other guys are going to get, you know, like if, mm-hmm. if they want Ken, Ken Rockson to go, they can't offer them the same thing that they're offering Brandon Hartraft. They just can't, that's not going to work. It's not how no, for sure. know, most negotiations go, you know? So I, it, to me, it only makes sense that they would have to dangle some sort of carrot. Otherwise you'd just be like, ah, eh, he makes a lot of money. He doesn't really have to do anything he doesn't want to do. So for him to go kind of globetrot around the world and do these events, I would think there has to be some sort of you uh, know incentive on the other on no, the other side to do it.
2: I get it, but no. So like just like Bercy or Paris, right? You get paid to show up and you do all that. Yeah. But dude, yeah. You, you you start tra- tra- trekking these guys and paying them startup money. You're paying a purse that's double the uh, American mm-hmm. Supercross series. You're paying the teams a stipend to go there. And now you're renting the building and all, and you're trying to get this back on ticket costs. It's a I didn't say yeah. any of this is
1: going to be financially prudent. Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. say any of that. It's I I'm not. Just saying if right. they, I mean when you but but these guys these same, you know, promoters if you think about their track record of doing like these events in Australia, which is what we would know them mostly for, they've they're on record as paying the most out of anybody. Like some of the numbers that they're they throw around to these guys to come to Australia is, is crazy. You know, for our sport anyway. So I don't have any doubt that they're willing to go big on serious money with this stuff. Now I don't know that that'll ever be recouped, or is a sound investment, or any of those things. That's that's way above, uh, you know, my even comprehension of the, their business dynamic. But I, I, that's what I think they're doing yeah. I, to get to get Ken Roxon to go to these races. You're going to have to come up with some money. It, it's just that simple, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But I would think it would come from the team. Not from the promoter, but why
1: would but why would Honda pay him more to go to those extra races that were not budgeted for? Well,
2: uh, yeah, exposure, right? They'll find you know you know exposure bonuses that kind of stuff. But I'm talking more like M.D.K. or Rick Ware Racing or Dak or you know any of these. But what do they get out of it? Well, they get results, they get wins, they get you know sponsor money. You know that's just like any team. But I
1: I don't believe that there is a huge. Appetite right now, and, and the what you have to understand also that the business market that we're in, like things are not as good as they were. Even though I mean, a year ago, forget about two years ago, things are harder right now. So asking for money for for extra is is much more difficult. I don't think there's a huge appetite for teams who are like, yeah, we we need some athletes in that World Supercross thing, man. Like we we will pay up to get guys there. I don't I well, don't no, believe that's the situation. But
2: they have eight teams going. That's what I, one of the, No, I know, teams, but I'm saying like, from their sponsors,
1: like you're saying that those teams are going to be able to pay riders they have to get money from sponsors i don't believe that sponsors are really like yeah we're in like tell us what it's going to cost to fund this thing i, I don't believe that's the situation that's me personally being and knowing where a lot of companies are at right now i don't believe that they're like trying to spend anything that they're not contracted to spend already
2: well the you know the the fact that they've got announced and approved as teams and they're they're excited about the series makes me think that They think that they can turn a profit or, you know, not not lose too much money by going racing with riders in three rounds. So, you know, just traditional racing model.
1: I think they are dependent on that stipend from World Supercross. My only point was I don't think that teams have any money extra at all to, like, fund this in a, you know, like, it's not like oh, we have all this extra budget. No problem. We can go do extra three races and we can pay our guys to do extra three races. I don't believe that's there right now.
2: Mm, Okay. Well, yeah, interesting to see. But yeah, big name, big get for those guys. Yeah, it's huge. That's huge.
1: I I was, I don't want to say I was shocked um, because we all kind of like thought about it. Like, you know, there's a short list of guys and a few guys are, yeah, we all think are are on their list. But I didn't, I wasn't sure they were going to get a guy like that because Roxanne's arguably, I would say top three biggest name in the sport you know, worldwide. So yep. that's, that's a huge get.
2: Speaking of get, uh, get data. If you want a discount from the folks that get two stroke and four stroke ECUs, email us using the contact form on Pulp MX, and we'll pass it on. The folks at get, will uh, get you a discount. Uh, Antonio Caroli was using the RPM dashboard here in America and pulling those whole shots attaches to your front fender. And that uh, gives you an idea of what kind of RPM you want. Their two stroke and four stroke ECUs are great as well. Email us using the contact form on Pulp. We'll pass it on fly racing flyracing.com kinetic mesh is out get it from motorsport.com get it from your local dealer uh all right jt a couple things to uh touch on 14 points for sexton we're hitting round six right now i still think tomac's got enough in the bank especially coming up at these races uh sexton's gone on record as saying he needs to get better in the sand we are coming to sandier base tracks here and uh I, i like tomac still to get a hold of this thing but sexton's been good
1: yeah he has been um You know, I I think he just needs like that little extra one percent, not not of speed of just just finishing, just finishing the deal. Um, It it seems like every weekend there's just whether it's his own crash or whether it's been he didn't feel good in the second motor. The bike setting was a little wrong. Like there's just like that tiny little bit. And having said all that, he's still your points leader. So you can't you can't hate on it too much. But I do believe, like, you give him that extra 1% that he seems to be missing and he's going to be on fire, like, winning a lot of races and extending that points lead.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Do you think Red Bud favors anybody in particular? I don't really – you know, they're all good. Um, You know, anybody like Anderson, Roxon, Sexton, Tomac. I don't know if this track favors anybody.
1: Not really, but, you know, the only guy that I've never – watch this race and and I should probably do my homework, but I've never been watching this race and been like, man, Anderson's really good at this track. Like I don't think ever that I've said that. So not that it favors anybody but if somebody i had questions about was he going to be as good would be anderson and, and maybe he will like he was pretty good at high point uh but that's the only guy that i've never watched at red bottom and, and kind of had that thought everybody else i've had that moment with i think
2: yeah yeah um i don't know if he's raced that many right he's been hurt a lot he's, right yeah he sure. hasn't, hasn't done a whole lot of nationals for sure um 250 class uh lawrence brothers yeah looking good uh i do you know what like You know, both you and I are on the same record as thinking about Jet and winning this series and, you know, being elite and all of that. And I get it. I understand that. But, man, I could start seeing Hunter putting a little more heat on him going forward. Yeah,
1: I think so. But, man, Jet's been able to withstand everything, right? It's like Hunter keeps throwing the kitchen sink at it. And Jet is sick. And he's a little bit slower. And then the second moto, he finds a way to figure it out. And then, oh, yeah, he's also won uh, every race, uh, along the way. So it's, it's really tough to, if you're Hunter, you, you're trying to figure out like, what do I have to do to beat this kid? Right. And it's like, he knows him better than, you know, 99.9% of people on earth, but he still has to be wondering in the back of the head. Is like, I'm riding the best I've ever ridden. I got my starts figured out. Finally, I didn't crash. And he still freaking beat me at, a, at one of my better tracks, which is, you know, high point was the first, his first podium ever at that track. So, He has to be, it's kind of like bittersweet, right? I'm sure he's very enthused and there's a lot of reasons for optimism, but he's probably also in the back of his mind, like really frustrated at this 18 year old. And I'm going to use the word brat because I'm sure that's like Hunter probably, you know, Hunter's thought process. It's like, I can't freaking beat this guy. I can't beat my little brother. You know, that has to be tough.
2: Uh, fly racing zone, RJ Hampshire has won red bud before. He has gone very fast there. Obviously, um, you know, we know what happened to him at Hangtown and then he took Thunder Valley off, came back at high point, was okay. Do you think he can can he win? Can he we know how fast RJ can be. Like I still like I don't know about this injury, but if you just took this injury away, I believe RJ can have a moto where he beats everybody. including the Lawrence brothers. Now we we can't do that consistently, we know all that. But yep. knowing with this injury, do you think RJ can win?
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, um, I, I have literally zero doubt in that. Uh, it's all the rest of it, and that's been that's been the story for a few years. Um, you just rinse and repeat the same kind of narrative, and it still holds true. Can be the fastest guy. Can win on any given day. Also very likely to throw that away and disappoint you and your fantasy team along the way too. Yeah. Um, it's just. It's just at this point we just have to, have to say it's who he is, and until. I don't think we're going to see any differently on the 250. I, I think the only chance maybe he gets out of that on the 450, like he can calm down a little bit. That's really all I see changing is when he finally moves up, maybe he grows out of that because he doesn't have to push the bike so hard. Yeah. A la what we're see maybe what we're seeing from March Banks right now. Uh, until then, I just don't see it changing. Why would we have any reason to think that's going to change at this point?
2: So you think even with that injury, but he had a week off and you know he's going to be better, he can do it this weekend?
1: I don't think he's going to because I think Hunter and Jed are on too much of a roll. And right. you have to remember also that they're going to be – I think they'll be back to 100% health finally. They were still a little bit sick at high point. That makes it even tougher. Uh, so I don't think he's going to. But is it in the realm of possibility? Absolutely. I, I, there is a percent—you know—a percentage by chance that he's right. going to get that done. I just think it's pretty low
2: right, right now. Right, right. Uh, let's get to some phone calls here. JT, you can't hear the guys, but uh, I'll deal with okay. it. Briggs, uh, what's up, Briggs? What's your question? What's up, guys? Good show. Thank you. Um, question for you. Um, I'm getting a lot of feedback. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. We'll hang up. Um, so, question is: There, a, when they had, um, applied to be part of
1: World Supercross, the teams, do they have to put financials and things in to show that they're going to be able to make it to the gate?
2: I don't know for sure. I don't know if they had to do that, but I would assume so. But maybe not. Like, what does what World Supercross care? As long as they, you know, can can can, can uh, uh, agree to fill, to do all the appropriate things, right? The so. only reason I ask is
1: because if you get a rider like Kenny that they want to sign, is there a possibility that World Supercross knows that there's a team that hey has X amount of dollars
2: in budget to be able to take him in? Uh, Yeah, I would think that they have that in place, right, that part of it with a guy like Kenny. But, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Briggs, we're going to hang up on you here. Uh, he was asking about these teams and um, whether or not they have the financials to support these guys. I don't think the World Supercross guys – I mean, they're going to do a little bit of due diligence, but they're not getting these teams to open up their pocketbooks, uh, JT.
1: Like the World Supercross guys finding out if the teams themselves are financially solvent? Yeah,
2: yeah, and, and you know, ready to do I choose. don't yeah.
1: see how they can. I mean, these are private enterprises, right? Yeah. And unless they just decided to go open books, which I don't think is going to happen, um, I think they have to do their homework, try to make the best decision possible. And in the end, they have to assume some risk. Yeah. It's just probably how it's going to go.
2: You're not going to really dig deep into these guys and and figure out, right? So, um, hey, before we go, Plum Creek Funding, if you're looking to purchase a home in 2022, first-time buyer, investor, Plum Creek Funding has programs to suit your needs, already own a home, looking to pull cash out or lower your rate, contact a professional with over 25 years of experience. They can help you in 12 different states now. Reach out to Zach Morris, uh, Z-A-C-H, at PlumCreekFunding.com. Uh, seven two zero two one two four six eight five. Zach Morris, Plum Creek Funding. Thank you to those guys. Pro Taper, Maxis, FMF Vision. Get all on the fly race and Moto sixty show. Uh, all right, J T. Before I let you go, motocross the nations. Yep. I heard from a pretty good source that we're looking at the easy pick, the easy team that hit the easy button. Sexton, Cooper, Tomac, uh, and I can't you know I can't disagree strongly with that. But that's what I'm hearing. We're looking at right now.
1: And, and I think that's the team that it should be. I, re- I really do. Um, when you look at Tomac and Sexton, they are the, to me, the obvious picks for team America right now with the way they're riding. Now injuries can change things. Uh, politics can change things, but if you have to choose right now, you go those two. And then on the Justin Cooper front, he hasn't been that great comparatively. I, I get it. Um, but I think he will get better as we go. And I still think, one of the most critical aspects of this race is for the MX2 guy to be able to get a good start. And if if that is one of the most critical dynamics, which I believe it is, who better are you going to get than Justin Cooper for that, right? Because if you want to put Justin Cooper on the inside gate in that MX in those MX2 motos and you know we all know how important those MX2 scores are, boom, Justin Cooper, he probably gets a top 5 start on his 250 in that race which changes the the whole equation on on that race day on sunday
2: yeah i he hasn't he's been up and down but um sure yeah you know you can't argue with that but team.
1: Who, who are you going to go with uh, other than your you know you want to go barsh, you want to yeah. go with those other guys i get it but yeah. but i i know but in the 250 class who else are you going to really go there
2: yeah i don't know yep uh yeah. I, I would it's like, tough. To, like even yeah. if even
1: if rj caught fire I don't know that you can trust him in the moment, and you. I don't know that, I really don't think you can trust his starts consistently in that moment. So it just really gets slim pickings. And if Justin Cooper steadily improves as we go, I just don't even see why you'd even yeah. second guess it.
2: No, he's definitely. Yeah, even if RJ got on a roll here and started beating him, right? He has. He's not the same guy. He hasn't been as good. Flashes only. Normally very very consistent, but hasn't been as good. But we got time.
1: Yeah, I think I think we've seen enough. You know, like he's been around the podium. We know he's been hurt. And we know for me personally, when I think about it, I, I think about how he performed in Asin. Like he, the moment didn't seem too big for him at all. Mm-hmm. He dominated, dominated that Saturday qualifying race. And I, I think he kind of carries an air about him where you could say it's confidence. I'm sure his detractors would say it's arrogance, but he doesn't seem like he's intimidated really by anybody. And I think that's big for that race because there's going to be a lot of pressure on those guys to perform on that day. And you need to believe in yourself a lot that you can go there on a small bike against those 450s and get it done.
2: Look, uh, um, there's still lots of racing to go. Lots of things can happen. If something happens to Sexton or Tomac, you take Anderson. That's a good thing. You know, you got another really good guy there. But if you, um, uh, if, you if something happens to Justin Cooper, oh, boy. Oh, boy.
1: Yeah. It gets, it gets dicey. Uh, I I think you maybe go your, your 450 route. You bring a guy down. I I don't know who's willing, Um, you know, Webb, or Barsha or whoever, right. Whoever's up for the task. I don't, I don't see a 250 guy waiting in the wings behind Cooper that I am super confident in at all. And that that's not normal. Like normally I'd have a few guys, you know, maybe you could go Moseman, but Tell me how much you trust Mosman on that stage i i don't I trust his speed oh, but man. I don't trust him to not throw it away
2: yeah i i uh yeah Moseman and r j just super scary for sure, yep, but Barsha on Mosman's bike, I like that you know
1: yeah i yeah. you just if, as long as Barsha's riding well and is willing to commit to it and put some time in on two fifty his experience at that race and the way he's f- performed at that race speaks volumes yep. he's always risen to the occasion at that event, and that doesn't mean he wins. But he's he always rides his best at that race.
2: Right. Uh, Ryder De Francesco making his pro debut. Uh, we'll see if he stays up or drops down or whatever he does. There's lots of talk about that. Um, where do you put him?
1: I think he's somewhere between 8 and 13. Um, you know, Paul Parabinos yesterday on our, our fantasy podcast was was kind of remarking about how great of a starter he is and that he will kind of shine in that moment. I tend to agree with that because how many times have we seen these amateur guys move up and all they know is all they know is whole shot, right? They don't, they don't even think about getting a mid pack start. That's not even in their vocabulary because they've never had to do it. They've never done it. They're always in amateur racing and they start up front. So when they get to the gate, he's going to qualify fairly well. And he's going to think whole shot when he, when the gate drops. So I think that will get him a good start. And then I think he's good enough to kind of hang around, but keep in mind, He's going to be in that group with Pierce Brown and Thrasher and Romano. And all these guys are, are as good or better than him. And they've yeah. been finishing in that group too. So he, it's not like it's a layup for him. Like it's going to be a battle for 35 minutes twice. With all those guys that are all past national champions at Loretta's and every bit of the credentials he has, he's going to have to go beat them. And he could end up 17th very easily if he's not up to that task.
2: If you're uh, Ryan Holiday and Mitch Payton, what does he have to do for you to keep him up? If he just does the Romano LeBlanc pace, do you send him back to Loretta's?
1: Well, I don't even think that's necessarily the priority right now because they have Shimoda and they, they're getting some results like Hamaker's running up front. So it's not a it's not a dire situation for Pro Circuit. To me, the question is: Do they sign him to? a 250 pro deal that to me is is the conversation that's what he's out to prove forget about the rest of the season doesn't even matter loretta's yes no maybe whatever is he going to make it to where mitch is like yeah i need to sign him like he's clearly going to progress and be a guy in this class so i need to get him under contract to get that done i think he just needs to show some flash he needs to qualify well like you remember how you know sexton comes out and like qualifies fastest and you're like oh my god that kid can rip like the results didn't necessarily come yet but he was fast like Loretta's one um just blazing fast on the 450 like I just want to see something that jumps off the page get a whole shot lead a couple laps show that you are maybe not quite ready yet but you have all the tools like you're able to go race with those guys and not get pushed around mm-hmm. and you look the look the part i mean then i think the, re- the rest comes in its own time frame
2: i know they're saying he doesn't have a pro deal and i understand that but this is an adam scene cerillo type of deal with rider d unless it's a total disaster which nobody thinks it is he's racing for them in 2023 no i mean
1: i don't know i think that's the question i mean I com- think I- come on I, mean, I don't know i i would assume so also but for him to be sitting in July and not have a contract, that tells me all I need to know.
2: I don't understand what's going on. I thought, I thought this kid I was...
1: agree. But clearly, he needs to prove something. Otherwise, he'd be signed, right?
2: Uh, okay. Yeah, I got I to gotta look into this. I don't understand that. Um, but I, right, I, I, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
1: But I'm just saying, like, if you just look at it on the surface, if he's not signed and it's July, like, clearly, they haven't made their mind up. So, you yeah. know, like, yeah. if he goes out there and kicks some ass this weekend, then I think that... Conversation gets a lot easier.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know if he will, but I feel like he'll be right around Romano and LeBlanc, and and that's yeah, good. Just show and me that's something. Right. Just qualify good once. Yeah.
1: Post really good lap time in the race. Like I I just need some you know something right. that you can hang your hat on. They're like, okay, this guy's got it.
2: uh Mumphy's back this weekend, JT. Fly Racing Zone. Yeah, it's good.
1: Mumphy. I, I think. Uh, you know, I, I've been pretty harsh on him in the past, but not necessarily because. I don't think he's a good rider or anything, but you also have to remember the hype. Like he was the rider De Francesco He like there was a lot of hype around Mumpy, right? And mm-hmm. I don't think that he's necessarily lived up to that yet. So I just I really want to see more from him because I mean that's what he was built out to do. Like he was he was supposed to be kind of you know air quotes around next.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Um, all right, man. Uh, give me your winners for Redbud.
1: I think I'm going to stick on the Tomac train. You know, Anton said it's going to be super hot. I mean, 84 is hot, but it's not, it's not miserable. It's not 2011 Redbud where it's just, you know, like, oh my gosh, people are going to pass out type hot. Um, so I like the way Tomac's trending. It seems like he's gotten better and better and better. And I think Redbud. If you're not sure of your settings, and Tomac's been searching a little bit with the bike, Red Bud's not a really difficult track for the bike. Um, the dirt's soft. The bumps are softer. There's a lot of traction. Uh, so I think I think Tomac gets it done. And then in the uh, the 250, why would I pick anybody but Jet? I don't no. have a reason to pick anybody but that dude. And I don't even think we've seen his best stuff yet. Maybe Fox Raceway was the best stuff, but we haven't seen it in a while. So maybe we get that day again.
2: Yeah, not uh, not surprising to go there and uh, totally predictable, but totally understandable. That's for sure. Yeah, the way we're looking right now. So
1: Yeah, I'm not saying I, I'm definitely not stepping out on a whim, but it's like, why else would you pick anybody? You know, why would you pick anybody else in this scenario?
2: Yep. No, absolutely. Uh, all right, man. Well, thanks for calling in. Uh, you are not, you're off this weekend. It's an NBC race so uh, i am yeah we'll, we'll, we'll i actually wish out. i
1: was going but um yeah not uh not my deal
2: all right man well sounds good thanks for calling in. appreciate it fly racing okay 60 guys. Show. thanks uh, all right everybody that's a wrap here on the fly Racing moto 60 show presented by fmf vision plum creek funding max's get pro taper apologies for the uh, audio issues we'll get that sorted out i blame you tits okay um, it's my my bad yep uh thanks for listening everybody appreciate it we'll be back next thursday to talk some uh, southwick and more fly racing moto 60 show